1: Recollections Radio, Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you old and new of life in Dunedin bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project.
0: Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM Good morning and welcome
1: to Recollections Radio, our very first show, Jill. It's very exciting to finally be here. Exactly, we've been planning this for about a year now. I'm Kay Mercer. And I'm Jill Bowen. And we're from Dunedin Public Libraries. We are the curators of the Dunedin Public Libraries digital archive, Scattered Seeds. And we've been at the library for quite a while, haven't we? We have. A few years, a few quite decades. a long time. Yeah, um, but we're very latterly um, and very excitingly now able to work together on this wonderful project collecting the stories of Dunedin in our archive. So what are we doing with those stories, Jill? Well,
0: we're going to collect them, we're going to curate them and, uh, and save them in this beautiful, wonderful digital archive so for the history, and so people can see them. Yeah, it's yep.
1: available. Available to the general public worldwide, so if you've got a story to tell, put it in the archive, and anyone around the world will be able to read it and find out about what's been happening in Dunedin over the years. So a bit for the radio show, how did it start? Oh yes, how did it start? Well, you might recall, we, um, at the library we conducted a, a survey last year. It was around about Easter time. And we asked people to let us know if we were going to put together a radio show, what would they like to see on the radio show? And the reason we wanted to put a radio show together was that we were very conscious that um, in this day and age a lot of us now are spending more time at home with what's going on in the world. And there are times when the library isn't able to stay in contact with people because, you know, the libraries might be closed or even out of hours. Um, And we wondered how we could communicate and keep in touch and maintain that contact with people who are primarily at home listening to the radio. Um, And we thought this would be a great opportunity We'll start a radio show to keep that conversation going with those people. Plus, those people... Tend to be the ones with the best memories, and that's what we're all about for Scattered Seeds Archive. And
0: we kind of think of ourselves as a couple of friends to hang out with you once a week and to collect your stories. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're quite—I guess we're quite nosy.
1: We are quite nosy. Yes, we want to hear your stories. Is basically what we're saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's the most exciting thing about you know the archive is that we are able to hear these stories, and some of them are pretty amazing. And we know there's more hiding out there. Absolutely, we want to hear.
1: We uh, The thing about libraries and archives is that they have materials in their collections um, but really where the real meat of, of what's going on, what has been going on in the world, it's in people's heads and in people's thoughts and in people's experiences of those times so that's really what we're interested in. We want to hear from people who remember what it was like at the time. Like a little time capsule. Time capsule, that's
0: exactly right,
1: Jill. Yep. And it
0: doesn't have to be a big story. It might just be
1: a little event
0: that you've been to. Yep. But some of those small stories are really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We wanna, like the old Joe know. Brown dance halls, for example. I love the, da- the dance hall stories. It's yep. so beautiful. And how many how many Dneedon families started yeah. because of those, yep. those, twi- those town hall dances. And
1: people cycling for miles just to go to the exactly, dance. Exactly, and the dresses... Yeah. Anyway, those are the kind of stories we're going to be covering. So we want you to tune in every morning, uh, sorry, every Monday morning, 11 a.m. to 12 noon, and you can hear us bringing you stories and memories. And we're going to be chatting to some really fascinating Dunedin people. Um, Tune in on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. And you can also uh, listen to a podcast afterwards. So if you don't have time to tune in or you want to re listen to what we've said, um, you can listen to the podcast, which is available on www.oar.org.nz. So that's really what we're all about. Before we go on, Jo, I think we should play a song, don't you? I think we should. Yeah. Let's listen to this one. This is Two Old Cats Like Us. That's us, isn't it? it? (laughs) Ray Charles and Hank Williams Jr. from the album Ray Charles and Friends.
2: Park, brother. Hank, I can if you give me some help Cause we're the kind when we set our minds We're, we're gonna, gonna do it a bust Say we ain't half bad for two old cats, cats like us There ain't nothing like honky-tonk music no. When you get an itching to play
3: mm-hmm. And singing those songs like I had a hair good looking And baby tell me what I say That'll work We, we can take, take it to, to the, the limit, limit. Or take it back to, to the,
2: the bus Ain't no problem for two old cats, cats like us, us. Cats like us. Play a little. Now this younger generation, Ray, is keeping us on our toes. That's right. Playing everything from western swing to that good old rock and roll. And here we are smack dab in the middle, but I think we can adjust. Two old cats like us Tell the truth now We've been down a whole lot of alley and shook a whole lot of cans There ain't too much about prowling or howling That we don't understand Had a few doors slammed on our tails We've been kicked and cussed But everything's cool For two old cats like us Good. Let's go prowling.
1: All right. So, Two Old Cats Like Us by Ray Charles and Hank Williams, Jr. there. Now, if you'd like to have a look around the archive that we've been talking about, you can head along to the Dunedin Public Library's website. It'll be in our digital Um, collections tab at the top of the website or you can go straight to the archive by typing in on your browser dunedin.recollect.co.nz and you can explore all the various projects and photos and letters and exciting things on there at the moment and we're really hoping that uh, by listening to this show you're going to be inspired to contribute to the archive that's that's what this is all about so do you want to talk about the save our stories project yes
0: So what we want to do is try and collect as many stories of uh, memories and uh, mementos of Dunedin and its history. And we want to make it as easy as possible for people to get in contact with us and tell tell us their stories. So you can email us at library at dcc.govt.nz or you can give us a call on the library's phone number. 03 474 3690. And so you can leave us a message and we'll arrange time to call you back and you can tell us your story Uh, you can also we're going to be setting up some wonderful recollection boxes Mm. so you can around the library. yep pop into any library and uh, you can just fill in a little card with your memory and post it in the box and just make sure that you leave your name and your contact details so we can get in contact with you and uh, follow up on your story and collect Mm. that story for you yep
1: and there's also a way you can actually contribute directly. You can go on to that recollection site that we, we just mentioned, um, and you'll see on there, on the uh, left-hand side of the page there's a button that you can click. Um, it's called um, Contribute. Contribute. And so and if and you click on that button, uh, you just need to
0: register as a, a user on the site, and then you can click on that Contribute button and tell your story there. You yeah. Know, there's an option to upload photographs and documents as well, but if you yep. just want to... Put a little note in and you can also if you're looking at a particular photo there's also uh, a a contribute sign to the to the left of that photo as well and so you can put a wee a recollect, bit in of well. information
1: about the photo yeah because yeah, really that's what we want we don't just want photos randomly uploaded what we'd like is the story behind that photo so ideally who's in the photo what they were doing at the time um and how it's sort of significant so um yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing we're looking for. It is. So it'd be really wonderful to be able to build that story together. Um, we've been talking to a really interesting um, gentleman, haven't we,
0: Jill? Yes. Well, you have. I just uh, recently met with Richard Joseph, who's the president of the Cedars of Lebanon Club. And without the Cedars of Lebanon, we wouldn't have a digital archive, so we are so grateful to them. Yeah. And it was really nice to catch up with him and just to sort of learn more about the background to the archive.
1: Well, let's hear what he had to say.
0: In 2015 the Dunedin Lebanese community donated a gift to Dunedin Public Libraries to establish a digitisation centre and to develop our digital archive, Scattered Seeds. The The aim of the archive is to collect the stories, mementos and memories of the people who have come to Dunedin and made it their home. To learn a little more about the Dunedin Lebanese community and the Scattered Seeds origin story, I'm joined by the President of the Cedars of Lebanon, Richard Joseph. Hi Richard, thanks for joining us today.
4: You're welcome, Jill. Pleasure to be here.
0: So how long have you been the President of the Cedars of Lebanon?
4: I'm in my 23rd year. So I I became President in 1999. And it's been a very enjoyable run, albeit that it's been challenging at times, but mostly really fun and and very fulfilling.
0: So what does the role entail?
4: Well it has both a strategic and managerial component uh, to it. Um, Strategic is ensuring that compliance issues are met with filing of documents and things like that uh, because we're a registered charity and I guess with the operational it's it's making sure that whatever the activities are that we're doing at the club are aligned to the Constitution.
0: So could you give us a little bit of background about how the Lebanese families came to make Dunedin their home?
4: Mm. It's an interesting story because between 1880 and the start of World War One, 350,000 people left Lebanon. So that would have been a huge chunk of their, their population. I think the population at that stage was around 2 million. So for 350,000 people, to leave. It was huge and they went to all parts of the world and some of them came here to New Zealand. And the first person to arrive in in Dunedin as I understand, that was in 1885 and it was called chain migration in those Mm -hmm. days because um, one person would come here and then they would contact somebody else and then they would tell them all about what a wonderful country it was and then they would come over and, and so it went. And so my grandparents came over here, my paternal grandparents came over here in 1907 and my maternal grandparents came just I think a couple of years later.
0: So would they have known each other in Lebanon before yes, they came? Yes, they
4: came from the same, from the same village mm. called Bashari. Which we'll talk about, no doubt, later on. We
0: will, yes. So, how did the, uh, the idea for the archive come about?
4: Well, we had sold our club rooms, and so we had, we had some, some cash. And I'll t- talk more about the, club, the sale of the club rooms later, but I'll just answer, answer your question in relation to that. Um, with having that cash, we didn't want it to fritter away and it would easily be frittered away. Um, so I, I contacted your, um, well your boss, actually, yeah. Bernie Hawke. And we sit, sat down and we were having a coffee, and I was just explaining we'd be keen to make a donation to the city, to the library. And I said, he said, is there anything in particular that you're looking for? And I, I really didn't know. And I said, there's just two things that I I want it to be. I want it to be enduring, and I want it to be visible. And that's when he came up with the idea of an archive.
0: And and we're very grateful that 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 did come about, because we're so lucky to have it. So I, I really love the name of the archive, Scattered Seeds, and that imagery of... The you know, skieds being lifted by the four winds from all over the world and landing here, taking root and making Dunedin its home. Where did the name come from?
4: Actually, um, when we wrote our se- uh, our second pictorial history book, I couldn't think of a name for it, an, an appropriate name. So we had a friend over for dinner one night. His name's John Fowry, He's a uh, he's sort of like the kaimatua of the Dunedin Lebanese community. Very well-respected man, intelligent man. And I said to him, I can't think of a name for the for the book that we've uh, we're just about to publish. And and straight away, he just said, what about Scattered Cedars? And and I said, that's absolutely brilliant. And so Scattered Cedars was what uh, we called the book. And then in order to give it a more generic flavour, the library came up with scattered seeds it's so that it took it took into account any you know any uh, ethnic uh, or in ethnic group
0: mm. and it's perfect i just i really love it it's such a great name so when you looked at the archive what kind of features were you looking for what did it need to have to yeah
4: we just really wanted a platform that was going to be upgrade upgraded and maintained because you know how quickly the platforms change and we felt that a library was the perfect place to do this. We really didn't know what we didn't know, we no. still don't know a lot, but we, you, um, you people have provided wonderful guidance for us in terms of making suggestions and, and so we've started with, with the archive that we, that we have now and it's been improved in the years that, we've, uh, that it's been operating.
0: And yeah, because there's constant sort of upgrades and new features being added, so it is you know it's it's growing along with the content in the archive as well. So, on the archive, um, we have material relating to individual people, uh, families, and places of significance. And one of those places is Basharé in Lebanon. Uh, Can you tell us why Basharé is so significant?
4: Well, most of the people um, who came from Basharé they, um, they, the, the people who came from Dunedin, I should say, they came from Basharri. It was just a little village in the mountains and it's the village just below the cedars. I'm not sure if you've heard of the cedars of Lebanon, yep. the trees, magnificent uh, uh, trees. Uh, it's re- the cedars of Lebanon uh, trees are referred to in something like 70 odd times in the Bible. So they get, you know, they're, they're very historical. Solomon made his temple from the cedars ah. the, the wood from the cedar trees the Phoenicians used them uh, to make their boats the Romans used it as a, uh, a building material so Bashari is really just a walk up the road uh, from there and so I, I guess you know it was it's sort of it's very tribal in in Lebanon and there's five main families in Bashari and, and when um, when the chain migration started they came to sort of the same they came to Dunedin because um, economic prospects in um, Lebanon uh, weren't great, the economic climate um, religious tensions uh, were brewing, prospects for employment and things like that so they came to Dunedin when uh, and gold was the was the attraction. But they didn't really um, get involved in the gold fields as such. They were more merchants Mm. selling to the miners and to the farmers and the surrounding districts.
0: So they must have, like the the men would go out and they were hawkers, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, And so the women, because how, I wonder how long they would be sort of out, you know, selling and before they came back home but they've been out for quite a long time sort of traveling around?
4: It's a good question because it would have varied Mm. because they did have to travel in order to to tout their wares Mm. and so they would use the train um, so they might travel south down to say Matara or Gore and then they would they would usually walk um, from uh, to their destinations. They they must have established um, uh, viable networks and made good friendships because I remember as a child hearing some of those hawkers talking about the people who um, their clients and when those older people passed away there were often those people came to their funerals here here in Dunedin when they became more established they would um, had their, they would have their own horse and cart
0: because i 've seen some photos of yeah, people with their kind of, you know, carts, yeah, full of weirs.
4: Yes, and so in answer to your question, in order for it to make to make it worthwhile, they would have been away for weeks on end.
0: Yeah. It must have been just such a hard life for some of the, the women kinda of left, you know, to look after families and but I suppose that was uh, those family connections would have been so important in that area of sort of Walker Street, which is now Carroll Street, would have been a really important place to share food and and support each other, wouldn't it?
5: Mm,
4: absolutely, mm. it was sort of like an enclave. Mm. Everybody knew everybody, they all lived within a close proximity of each other and so the women had each other mm. and so whilst, you know, I, I for what, never for one moment would I, would I um, try to di- dilute the effort that the women put in, it would have been huge. Well, the men couldn't have done it without them. No. But um, at least they had each other exactly. and they had their families around them and their children. I think it would have been really difficult for somebody whose who's, uh, second language was English. Absolutely. And it would have been a very lonely existence because many of those people were very... They were extroverted men and they loved company and, mm. and they'd come from societies that you know that readily celebrated... and and mingled a lot socially. And to find yourself sort of in a foreign country selling haberdashery and having to walk mile upon mile every day and and maybe, you know, with no luck. There were days that they didn't sell anything.
0: And I suppose, you know, you wouldn't be able to stop during the winter. You'd still have to be, you know, selling during times when it must have been extreme, you know, cold weather and it would have been Quite demoralizing, I would say, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, So in 1964, the Cities of Lebanon Club bought a house on Stafford Street, which became their club rooms and a real focal point of the community. What was it like to spend time in that building? Mm,
4: That was a a very significant uh, purchase, that house. Um, What was it like to spend time in that building? I started, in 1964 I was a bit young to go, you had to sort of be around 18 or 20, but then they built a hall onto it um, uh, and and they ran social events uh, from there. And it had a billiard table, they had a billiard room, and so we went, when I was younger, we were able to go and play billiards and darts and bowls and things like that. So it was—it's very much a community club. Naturally, you'd expect it, for it to have those sorts of things. But upstairs was sort of taboo. We weren't allowed to go upstairs because oh. that's where all the the, the men, the older men, went to to play cards.
0: It must have been a great
4: lively space, though. It was, and on the Sunday night it was just thronging. You know, into <laughs> Friday night. With people coming in and my father used to say um, he'd, he'd finish his dinner early on a Sunday night so that you could get down to the club to get a, a, a seat at the card table. Um, they had about, uh, there was one, two, three, four, four rooms upstairs with proper card uh, tables and they really enjoyed themselves. It was somewhere where they could go and they could be themselves. Mm. It, and uh, <coughs> It was sort of like a um, when, when the first immigrants came out they gathered together and they gathered on, on Belty Corner which is on the corner oh, of yes. Carroll Street and Hope Street well there's a plaque there now there's two. that, that um, uh, acknowledges the significance of that because our people were mainly uh, Christian they were Maronite Catholics and so they would usually go to 11 o'clock Mass up at St Joseph's on a Sunday and they would walk, because not many of them had cars. No. They would walk and then uh, um, they would gather at Bell T Corner before they had any club rooms. <laughs> and uh, so, and then they would disperse and then they'd go to each other's houses, I guess, uh, you know, um, through the course of, of the afternoon as, as families. But it had, a, it had a wonderful, it's very difficult to put into words, actually, the, the sort of the culture. Hmm but it was a very warm, friendly um, inviting culture.
0: It would be a really special space because yeah, I mean everyone would kind of feel safe there. It's mm. sort of you know your space to be and just to you know, meet with people. And I, I'd imagine the food was pretty good too.
4: Yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. the food um, <laughs> well, uh, w- the men can't take much credit for that, although some of the, some of the uh, Le- Lebanese men who came from Lebanon, they were very good. Cook- they were very mm. good cocks, but the women generally did did most of the cocking. <laughs>
0: uh, so in 2011, um, you held a celebration here in Dunedin for the Lebanese community called the Gathering, and so we've got photos and a program and a video and other pieces of ephemera relating to that event. So what were the celebrations like?
4: That was probably the highlight of, not probably, that was the highlight of, of my presidency, was um, helping to put that together. We had a um, uh, a project manager, Kerry Buchan, uh, working with us, and she was absolutely wonderful. She's very, she's a very creative woman, uh, very um, high energy full of ideas. Um, She, I can't speak highly enough of her um, because I'm quite the opposite. I'm more of a thinker and and she would suggest these things and and she would um, persevere with the sort of the time that it took to uh, get anything done. But to cut a long story short, it was a fabulous Mm. celebration. People came from all over the globe.
5: To attend that, mm.
4: and there are a lot of people. It's a. Ama- it was really interesting afterwards, and I'm talking about days and weeks after it, that people said, "Would you put on another one?" <laughs> and we said that was it. That was sort of like a final hurrah. Yes. In, in in many ways, and and it was. People said to me, "So why did you? Why are you having this gathering?" And I said, "Well, you know, the with globalization, um, it brings multiculturalism." assimilation and, and a blending of, of cultures and due to the integration of the Lebanese and Kiwi cultures and the geographical spread that occurred over the last 30 to 40 years, the Lebanese community in Dunedin was is, is now less defined and less structured than in years gone by. So when I was growing up, Everybody knew everybody. Mm. They knew each other's children. They would take food to each other's homes. And there were still uh, people, originals who came over from Lebanon. The older people were still living in the community. And it was dissipating.
5: Mm.
4: Uh, just the same way, you know, with any assimilation, that's, that's what happens. And, and it's a good thing. But mm. you lose, you, you tend to lose um, those, the intimate factors associated with that. And so the reason for the, for the gathering was, was that, to, and it was to celebrate our, our culture and our, our, our identity. But moreover, it was designed to celebrate a bygone era.
0: So one of the, the many highlights of the gathering was the, the dedication of one of my favourite places in the city, so the beautiful Cedars of Lebanon Grove at the Dunedin Botanic Garden which features the 900 kilogram bronze cedar cone sculpted by Bryn Jones. Uh, where did the idea for the grove begin?
4: Well, initially it was just going to be the planting of a cedar tree, a, a proper cedar tree, cedar labad, labani. Um, and if we go back a step from that, um, we spoke to Alan Matchett and, and Mick Mcfield um, uh, and uh, oh, oh, who was it? This name's gone out right yeah. out of my mind. Um, we spoke to, 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 to them and we started looking for a, somewhere where we could plant a cedar and It sort of grew from there as we were walking around and Alan came across this place not far from the Mediterranean garden Mm -hmm. which was fitting and he said, and there was a big silver cedar there and he said there's space here for us to be able to do something. So with the money we had uh, donated we were able to make a a garden because it had to be built up and and Mm. all that sort of thing and so that it, it happened there. And again, I think it was Kerry who said, well, why don't we do something uh, else to put it in there, into the, uh, into that garden to, to make it really, you know, have a Lebanese flavour. And so the cone, the idea of the cone was born. And then we spoke to Abrasive uh, Concepts and um, Mick Reese who was um, at the, he was in charge of the garden uh, at that uh, time. He was, uh, he helped us an enormous amount uh, in terms of m- making it all happen by bringing all the right people together. So we spoke to of Concepts, Bryn Jones and all of that. And so it was very exciting when I knew it was going to be a 900 kilo uh, bronze um, cone that uh, represented, uh, well, uh, the best way to put it is that the cone is like, it's, it's an offshoot of the mighty cedar. And uh, it also serves as a symbol for the diaspora mm. uh, of our forebears, both of which share a common lineage to, to Lebanon. And so that wonderful feature, uh, it'll serve as a permanent reminder that will span the generations. And just as the garden comprises many strata, so too is the community in which we live multi-layered. and it will serve to commemorate and honour those who have gone before us. For the current generation, it's a celebration of our Lebanese heritage, and for future generations, we wish for it to be a reminder of the pioneers who preceded them, a touchstone for our people. It's interesting that you say it's one of your favourite I love
0: places. it. It's where I never need a little quiet space and just to sit in read a book in the sun, that's where I go. I mean you must be really proud to to know that you know that gift to the city is, is so special, it must be really nice to to be there and spend time there.
4: Mm, I'm, I'm like you Jill, I find it very spiritual yeah, I love it. and Alan uh, Matchett was telling me it's one of the most visited uh, um, attractions in the garden.
0: Oh, I'm not surprised, it's just such a lovely space to be.
5: Mm. Um,
0: so the writer Khalil Gibran was born in Bashare in 1883 and one of his famous quotes is remembrance is a form of meeting, would that be a good way to kind of encapsulate the spirit of the archive?
4: Oh very much so, it's all about memory isn't it mm. and that's all we had because um, when we sold our, our club rooms um, we could have come and gone as a people and, and nobody even knew because there were no legacies. So we had to sort of reinvent ourselves um, when the club rooms were sold, because for a lot of people, they felt as though they'd lost their identity, Mm. they'd lost their raison d'etre, their their reason for being. And so that's when we thought, well, clubs at that time, globally were sort of, you know, they were folding all over the place Mm. and just sort of disappearing. We didn't want to fizzle out. And so we thought, well, the spirit of the Lebanese community isn't in bricks and mortar. It's in, our, it's, in the, it's in the people. And so we decided that um, we would want to leave some reminders around the city. And the cone, of course, is that. The digital um, centre is a reminder. And the plaques that we have around the the streets, and th- those um, and a number of other things mm. that we've done. People will know that we've been here and made a significant contribution to the city. I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about culturally. Mm and professionally and business-wise, because as you know, we've been here for a long time now, and most of the Lebanese people are traders. They've been in business in all of the professions and uh, over the years and been been successful. So we didn't want to just sort of allow all of that to sort of disappear.
0: And the one good thing about a digital archive is that you can visit that archive from anywhere in the world. Mm. So, you know, it is a, a really Good sort of legacy. Oh, well, Richard, um, thank you for chatting with me today. Uh, we're so grateful to the Dunedin Lebanese community for their generous donation and their friendship. Scattered Seeds is a beautiful gift to the city and will leave a great legacy for future generations. Thank you.
4: Well, thank you, Jill. And we're also very grateful to the City of Dunedin for allowing us to, to um, occupy that space in the Botanic Garden. And have a digitisation centre here, and for the wonderful care you take of us, and you in particular, with the uh, with our um, with the archive centre.
0: It's a real it's a real honour. Thank you, Richard. I'd really like to thank Richard for taking time out of his busy, busy schedule and uh, chatting with me about the
1: archive and that was fascinating, album. really enjoyed that. It was great great of Richard to do that for us. It was
0: really good. Yeah. So, and of course, it's always good to have very, very good friends, so we thought it was appropriate to play the wonderful Randy Newman's song, You've Got a Friend in the, from the Toy Story soundtrack.
3: Okay, old past it. boy you got a friend in me yeah you got a friend in me you got a friend in me you got a friend in me you got trouble and I got them too there isn't anything wouldn't yeah, see it through Cause you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am bigger and stronger too Maybe, but none of them Will ever love you the way I do It's me and you, boy as the years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see It's a gasp on me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me you
1: Randy Newman again with, uh, you've got a friend in me, you've got a friend in me Jill. No, no, it's a beautiful thing. It's right? a beautiful thing, we love working together. And uh, what's more, we're going to be hitting the road soon, are we not?
0: Oh, it's going to be great, we're going to take our mobile digitisation unit out to meet the people.
1: Oh it makes us sound very, very, uh, you know, like, you know, some kind of hit squad, exactly. doesn't it? are going out on the road and we're coming to uh, libraries across the city, we're going to volunteer libraries, town museums, community halls, And a bit like the Antiques Roadshow, you'll be able to bring your photos and your memories and your letters, your um, memorabilia, tickets, programs, things you've got stored away that remind you of things that you've been to and you've done. And and like the Antiques Roadshow, we can assess them and we can put them through our scanners and upload them directly to the Scattered Seeds Archive, and we don't take your precious belongings from you, we only scan them, we just take a copy of them, and we give them back to you. So we're not trying to take anything away from you, we just want those memories.
0: And we just want to share those memories, that's the most important thing, is mm. being able to share those those memories with the city, Yeah, but not, we don't want to hold the material. No.
1: We're we just not want taking to. anything. Um, not just the city, we're sharing it in the world. Exactly. Um, family across the world can, can access, so if you've got a wider family around the world, and you've got a family story about your grandmother or how you came to settle in Dunedin, um, you can record that and your, the rest of your family, your wider family will be able to um, access that and, and read all about it. And maybe even contribute photos that will, memories that they've got too.
0: And how amazing for future generations to mm. be able to look back and see and, yeah. and even hear those stories of their relatives. Absolutely. Because that's another thing that we want to do is we've, we've got some microphones so we can take, out, take those out as well and we can record your
1: stories. Yeah. We just want to make it easy for you to tell us. Yeah,
0: your and stories.
1: it's it's actually really valuable to hear those memories straight from the horse's mouth. To hear the words, to hear the voice. So imagine if you're recording something now, and in the future your great great grandson can can listen to your voice that's that's lost to him now, sadly, but he can listen to that voice on the archive and and it's that what magic like. of it,
0: yeah. hearing your personal experiences rather than reading. You know in a book it's mm. those voices are really important yeah
1: and what it meant to you not not what some historian felt that they should record but what you personally how you experienced that time yeah it's really
0: special and I think we're really lucky that oh yeah. that we are able to do this and uh, you know really preserve these stories
1: yeah, yeah. great so exciting. grateful to do this um, so it's not just individual stories that we're looking for it's also organizational stories isn't it so groups Community um, groups. Organisations around the, the city.
0: One of the things that, that i found in this job is that a lot of community groups, you won't think about your archives or how things are stored until there's an anniversary and then all of a sudden you're mm. planning things and you've got to find yep. everything and then just imagine if you have your important photos and, and documents in and, and an yep. archive in one place where you can store your yep. photos,
1: your letters, your videos your recordings, yep. one place. And you've got free access to them. You don't have to make an appointment. You can just download it or um, copy it, whatever you want to do. And you've got all that information at your fingertips. It's not um, not knocked away or, no. or hidden. Yep. And the
0: other thing is, I think sometimes people think of archives as you know, historical things, but we also mm. want to collect stories that are things that are happening now Yeah, as history well.
1: happens every day. Mm. It's created every moment we're alive. So it, it, we, we want to record everything, the whole story, the whole picture of Dunedin. Yeah. But we do need your help. We do. We can't do it without you. Yeah. So we're going on the road, as we say, yeah. and uh, we hope you will join us at some point um, when we come to your area. So please do look out for that. We'll probably announce it on this show. I probably would. Yep, yeah. We'll let you know. So do tune in next week and you'll find out more about that. Um, now let's see I think we should probably have another song don't you I really like this one I don't know about you it's called Anchor Me you might know it I think I do (laughs) (laughs) by the mutton birds and it's from the winery tour album
5: spray lash the shivering skin where the green waves crash and the whirlpool spin sound.
1: by the Buttonbirds. birds. Yeah, we really enjoyed that, didn't we? Yeah, great trick. And just uh, as an example of the sort of things that um, we're looking at, we, we were saying how we're not just looking at ancient history, we're looking at recent history, is um, we've been collecting images and stories about the COVID pandemic, how people have coped with it, what they've been doing, um, particularly during that hard lockdown in 2020. You know, how, what, how, did, how did it really affect the people of Dunedin? Um, you'll remember the teddy bears, the teddy bear games, and uh, going around spotting teddy bears. I live out in a rural part of Dunedin, and we've seen all sorts of teddy bears made out of tyres and and uh, hay bales and, and really creative, inventive things just to keep the kids amused and, and keep the spirits up, really. And those chalk drawings that were on fence posts yeah. and footpaths.
0: And, yeah. and And I was really interested in seeing how... Like around my area there's a couple of dairies and seeing how they managed people coming in and out of the stores and just creative ways to try and keep people safe but it's been a really interesting time. It
1: has because it's not just been you know the government um, sort of issuing blanket this is how we do things it's really interesting to see how that's interpreted locally and how it's really affected local people and how they've worked around it and, and made their lives carry on regardless, if you like. And trying to lift people's spirits. Lift your and spirits, keep it going. And have keep being some us. Fun. Keep being yes. people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're really interested in, in hearing how you dealt with the pandemic and how you've coped with being at home for extended periods of time. What games did you play? Um, you know, we did. I did a, a lockdown quiz with my family in the UK, for example. Uh, that was interesting. Um, and of course I won. <laughs> oh well, of course, of course. But that kind of thing, you know, we really um, enjoy hearing about that. Um, um, another interesting project that we're working on, which kind of juxtapositions with that, is the uh, polio project, isn't it, Jill? Well, and one of the th- I
0: heard in an interview with um, a woman last year talking about uh, the polio epidemic in the yeah. in the fifties yeah. and because we talk about these times as being unprecedented times, but actually yeah. they weren't, you There's know. There's a lot were, of
1: parallels, isn't there? It's
0: quite yeah. amazing, actually, yeah. and I, you know, I didn't know much about it, and so mm. I'm fascinated to find out more and just what it was like in those times, yeah. waiting, not knowing you know, what mm. was happening, you know, how you were going to contract this thing yeah. if you were going to and what would happen if you
1: do, then like, fear. And an interesting thing about that lady's interview was, unlike today where we've got the internet and social media where we know everything the second it happens, in those days they they really relied on the radio for their information. Um, and you can just, I can't imagine what it must have been like when they announced that they had found a vaccine mm. that would would save them from this awful polio epidemic. The joy exactly. just must have been incredible. Um, and, and there will be people, it's in living memory mm. for a lot of people out there in Dunedin, and we'd really love to hear how, um, you know, what your experiences are. You must, so many people were affected by it, there must be people out there who have a story to tell about that particular era.
0: And it's a great opportunity to, you know, to collect those stories now mm. and
1: be able to compare yeah. the times. And, and I think that's really useful for people today to see what it was like for people back in the 50s and actually. Oh, hang on a minute, you know, they have been here before. And, and we've come through it. Come through it. There is hope at the end of it. I think that's really valuable. I think it's really important to know that, yeah. you know, we've been here before. I think so. We've got this. I think so. So, again, we'd really love, really love to have your stories. So, please do think about contributing to them. Um, again, you can email them to us on library at dcc.govt.nz. We can ring us, can't you, Jill? O three four seven four three six nine oh leave us a message. And we'll follow up and have a chat about your recollections. Um, I think that's probably it for the show. Um, we've got some great things coming up. Um we've we're going to be talking about the old cinemas. Goodness knows there were countless cinemas oh, in Ledham.
0: Yeah. I know, I'd love more, those. More cinemas, cinemas oh, than please. you can
1: shake a stick at <laughs> and in such beautiful buildings. And we're going to be talking to the wonderful Russell Campbell about his experiences of being a projectionist um, in the the cinemas of Dunedin, back in the day, Um, and how those buildings have have gone on and been repurposed for other things. Um, We're going to be talking about transport of the past. So we're going to talk to Neville Jemmett about the trams and um, other forms of transport. the cable cars. The cable cars. Um, So that's another really exciting um, interview. I'm looking forward to that because I love cable cars and I really hope they come back. Um, We're going to be also looking back at, and again, quite topical, protests over the years. We've got uh, a wonderful photographer who has very generously contributed his entire collection of photography to um, our Scattered Seas archive, Paul Allen, and he's going to be coming in and talking to us about how he has photographed the voice of Dunedin, the people protesting about um, the many different things that people in Dunedin protest about over the years. We're um, so
0: lucky. Those, his collection of photos is just so beautiful. I love them. We're so lucky.
1: He really captures um, them the, on a personal level, doesn't he? He does. And it's, it's the mood of the moment, and that's mm. really valuable, um, particularly for something like an archive, but also just for pure pleasure of, of looking at the photographs. So. And
0: even looking at the photographs that are there, you've, you've forgotten all of these events yeah. that happen. Yeah. So we're yeah. so
1: lucky. Yeah, so again, we'll be talking about those. And once more, if you'd like to have a look at those wonderful photographs or any of our other projects, you can go through to uh, Dunedin Dun- dot recollect dot co dot Nz. Dunedin.recollect.co.nz, um, or you can go through to the Dunedin Public Library's website and look at our digital collections and you'll find the Scattered Seeds archive there. Um, and we really look forward to seeing you at one of our roadshows in the future. But meanwhile, do tune in next week. Great to have the first one in the bag. Isn't it? Yes. So excited. And 11 o'clock next Monday, we'll see you again. Take care. Have a wonderful week. See you later. Recollections Radio, Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin.
0: Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with
1: us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project.
0: Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM.